Welcome, listeners, to a brand new bonus episode of Oh My Word Podcast. And today we've got an insanely special treat because we have with us. You're going to hear her speak and you're going to be like, wow, I wish I could hear her speak all the time. And guess what? You could. Because we have Anna Jacobson, who is a voice actor and also, most notably, the reader narrator for, for my book's audiobook of Silhouettes. Soon available for you to listen to Anna just all day long. Anna, welcome to the podcast. Hello, thank you for having me, Esther. I'm so glad to have you. And I don't know how much everybody knows about making audiobooks, but there's, of course, a lot of it's happening online and back and forth. You hear someone's voice a lot. Now the voice has a person attached to it. So this is gonna be great. All of our guests, we always do like origin story things. So audiobooks, what led you to this? Of I'm gonna record an audiobook. How'd this start? I was looking for a job that I can be really flexible with. I have three kids, so I need to record during their nap times. Yeah. That's That's basically what led me to this. Of course, I saw a TikTok that was like, if you can read, you can get paid to read. Immediately piqued my interest and started auditioning shortly thereafter. Oh, wow. Okay, it sounds very simple. If you can read, you can get paid to read, but it's a long process to be recording and sitting and reading for hours and hours. Did you know that going in or you sort of knew that? But then once you started, you were like, wait, this is way different than like what I was told it was going to be. I had no idea (laughs) what I was getting myself into. I auditioned for literally anything and everything. So I have recorded a romance novel, I've recorded a memoir, and I've recorded your book. So I just sort of jumped in headfirst and I blocked out time so that I wouldn't get too fatigued in just reading. And so I would try to go back and forth with reading for an hour, editing for two hours. I put my own limits on myself. So what's like it? You're saying like TikTok and reading stuff. Does that mean you're coming from a background of being a very avid reader or you had some sort of writing background or storytelling background or something? I did drama in high school. I was part of the thespian club. I did choir. I sang jazz for a long time. So I've been performing. I mean, I've been performing for my family since birth, but I've been singing and acting and that kind of stuff while I was in school and I loved it. I never knew I wanted this creative outlet until I started auditioning for audiobooks and I was like, oh, this makes sense for me. A romance novel, a memoir, and this is, my book is contemporary YA. So you're sitting down to do your recording and you're just kind of feeling yourself, I don't say like on stage, but kind of in a recording booth stage of just like get yourself into the character, get yourself into the tone, the mode sort of thing, or how do you approach these things? What do you do? Well, I do try to sort of skim the chapter that I'm going to read, see who's in play, who's going to be speaking and what their whole attitude is, and just kind of try to remember what that was like as a high schooler and stuff like that. That's kind of what I do. I could speak to my novel. Different tones going on. There's different moods. Some are a little bit more lighthearted. Some it's a little bit heavier. I usually call the book a bittersweet book because there's definitely moments of sadness and there's moments that are supposed to alleviate that. When you're preparing for that, does it feel like a roller coaster kind of or every chapter is its own thing and you just get in the mode of the chapter and you just kind of let it come out? It feels like a roller coaster for sure. There were parts of the book that made me laugh out loud and I had had to re-record those bits because I would laugh at what was happening or I would start tearing up reading from the mother's perspective. I would start tearing up thinking, oh my gosh, I totally empathize with this woman who can't get out of bed. So there were times when tears weren't necessary and I really had to dial it back and try to get the job done.
done before my reader emotions get in the way. Just to give everybody one line for those who are familiar with the book, it's been out for a while, so there might be spoilers. Just embrace it. It's about a girl who's killed in a car accident and just looking at life after she's left it, trying to sort through, was there meaning in my short life? How's everybody dealing with it, etc. So the opening scene is the funeral scene. So for example, you have her best friend is trying to say something. You specifically, you're reading it and you're kind of giving her this like teary kind of voice. You put emotion into that voice. Was that feeling a little bit more of, okay, just act the part or, because that's not the mother not getting out of bed. The teariness was kind of more called for. So for that specific scene, I remember feeling, how would I feel if my best friend died? I got into that sort of, after I skimmed the chapter, I was like, okay, I can definitely pull tears out pretty easily. <laughs> so I did, and I definitely felt it. Later in the book, when the brother is talking, I had to pause and like have a breakdown. It really got me. The family aspect of this book really got me. And yeah, that, that's sort of my process. It's funny because an author will look at a book so many times before it gets published. And then once it's out there, unless they're doing some sort of event around it, they might not look at it again for a very long amount of time. So I put up this book to become an audiobook. This book was published, I don't know, what was it? Whatever, I don't know. The book was published a couple years ago. And all of a sudden I'm hearing you read and I'm like, oh yeah, that's what's in the story. Because I know the story, but you kind of forget some of the details. But the first time hearing all the chapters through, because I listened to them more than once, but the first time hearing it all through, the lighthouse scene, that was the one that got me. Wow, that was a heavy yeah. That was much. Channeling this anger of I didn't finish living yet. I'm like, that's so sad. Like, I'm not even thinking of it as my book anymore because I'm just listening to you telling the story now. When I was reading it in my head, I could see this as a movie. It just seemed so real and you paint such a great picture. It just felt like I was walking through this real life scenario. So thank you for writing it. <laughs> when I originally put it up, I got a few hits for it. I kind of like, I had forgotten I had put it up and there was a lot going on, blah, blah, blah. And then when I came back to it, there was a couple months later and then you had submitted to it I was like this is the voice I've been looking for and then I hope everybody heard it that this should be a movie who's listening producers listen up that's right just from like a very technical point of view let's say you're reading a chapter and it ends up being let's say a half hour of audio finished but roughly even if it's kind of a guesstimate how long did it actually take you to make that half hour of audio so in the beginning I would say triple that that would take me like an hour and a half and towards the middle I want to say around chapter six or seven I I got to a point where I would have an audio file that was 40 minutes long and then I would edit it down to 29 or 30. So I got better. So when you're saying that you're editing it down, is that just kind of, if you made a mistake, you would just keep going with the recording and repeat it. So you'd have to go back and cut it out or you might've only partially recorded and taken a break and then gone back to it. What kind of stuff are you taking out? So I try not to partially record a chapter because it's very hard to match tone. And so it is all in one session, in one sitting, I will record and I use like a little dog trainer clicker to mark the file in the audio world that shows I have to go back to that one specific place and edit out this word or this sentence or whatever. So that's what I'm editing out. I'm editing out gigantic clicks. Did you just think of that by yourself or someone gave you that tip to mark it? Somebody gave me that tip on YouTube. So I watched this VO recording lady and she's like, oh, I always use this dog clicker and it tells me I need to go back and edit this one specific area. And I thought, okay, that's ingenious. <laughs> so I'm gonna totally take that. Oh my goodness, that is really smart. Okay, good. We've had great suggestions so far. 
turn the book into a movie, use a dog clicker thing. <laughs> what else do we come up with? <laughs> well, now just looking at some of the other audiobooks, you're doing the YA contemporary, so that's just so you're telling the story or whatever. You're doing a romance. Was that so weird? Well, actually, which one came first from all of them? The romance novel came first. It was a very short novel, and I thought, oh, this is a good way to get my feet wet. I learned a lot from just the process of recording. And then you came second, then the memoir came third. Was the romance, you started doing it and you're like, what am I reading right now? I really hope my kids are sleeping. <laughs> or was it, ah, oh, whatever, just read it. It did not get too steamy. So there was nothing to even blush about. It ended with them getting engaged. Yay, congratulations. Uh, yeah. So it was a very tame, mild, short story. And I needed something to sort of go through the motions of having to edit, record my voice, listen to my own voice, which is not always the most pleasant thing to do, but get used to that whole aspect of it. And so that helped me out a lot. Yeah. You also feel like as you're reading the romance, you have to tap into, I don't know, like either familiar emotions or familiar anything to be able to read this kind of like, whatever the romance is going to be, there's going to be something idealized about it. So was it, okay, let's read the fairy tale kind of thing. It was like, oh, this is so sweet. I love sweet stories. I kind of thought it was funny because it was set in an Amish setting. So I thought that is funny. I should read that. <laughs> and that's what I did. Okay, stop everything. You have no idea what you just hit upon. Okay. A while ago, I interviewed an author. His name is Jonathan Mayberry. He writes tons. Horror, mystery, thriller, why he writes everything. He just came out with a fantasy now. He's, he's got everything out there. He's actually a really nice guy, very supportive of the writing community. I'll just give cheers to him. Throwback, there's an interview with him. And he was telling me, oh yeah, I read very widely. And I'm really, you would read a romance? And he was like, yeah, because just because you're writing zombies or stuff, if I want romance in my novels, I'll go to the experts in romance to see how they do it. It took me a while, but I was thinking to myself, I'm like, what genre would I never pick up? And then it like clean genres and Amish romance. I would never read an Amish romance. I actually bought an Amish romance to read. <laughs> <laughs> that is too great. When you're reading it, a part of you is like, you know the book is there. It's not, it's written, I think, just for like clean kind of Christian readers. Not only, but I think it's, that's kind of the general audience of it. But as you're reading yeah. it, you're like, I see it. I actually see who they're writing for. I see why this would be an appeal to people because it's just got a very quiet setting. Usually it's taking place on a farm somewhere. Very uh -huh. <laughs> smaller casts. It's just sweet kind of. Part of it is what world are they living in? But the other part of it is, oh, that's so nice. It almost feels historical as you're reading it. I don't know, were you getting that sense? <laughs> yes, definitely. It was a simpler time. It was on a farm. It was milking cows and raising a barn and those types of things that I know still happen in the Amish community. But I just thought it would be interesting and slightly funny to read a romance novel that didn't actually have any torrid affairs in it. Right. A lot of them are, are strong family messages. Mm -hmm. Definitely strong faith messages, of course. But oh, that is so funny. I gotta go see which book it is. And then the memoir, what kind of memoir was it? It was a, a first-time author who was adopted from a Russian orphanage and she had a very hard life. Her mother also was abusing drugs, addicted to drugs. Her whole hook really got me. She got adopted into a family where the mom was using drugs? So she got adopted out of Russia and her memoir is all pre-adoption. So when she was living with her mother, she was not in the best circumstances and she was begging for money and a prostitute for some amount of time and just it was heartbreaking it was horrible but i loved sharing this story and i can't wait for it to come out wow that's crazy was that one also very roller coastery or just a lot of it was just pretty heavy 
pretty heavy. I would say there were some like glimmers of hope and optimism, but when it was dark, it got very dark. The author, she paints a light that's just very matter of fact, like this is what happened. So she doesn't put a lot of emotion into her words and therefore I did not get very emotional while I was actually recording it, but it was a very intriguing story. So it kind of felt almost like you're reading for like a documentary almost instead of like a story. Yes, absolutely. So I was going to say, how do you bring yourself under control when you're reading this crazy, even if you say, oh, I had to pause and take a break. It sounds like I would probably need 17 breaks. Wow. Yeah, it was rough. She had a rough go of it, but I feel for her because she's self-made. She has done it all for herself. She pulled herself out of that. So she's kind of amazing in that respect. Yeah. Wow. This kind of goes back, but you're feeling like audiobooks for you right now, where it's at. I'm like, what else can I read? Or, or you're like, you know what? I think I'm going to stick to only certain kind of stories now. Now that I'm having a feel for no, different stories. I think that I'm not a good romance reader. <laughs> so <laughs> I think I'm going to steer clear of that genre from now on. I think that I'm just going to stay with the like YA crowd and I will take on more memoirs. I want to explore mystery, thriller. I'm up for anything. That's cool. Are you feeling or sensing whatever sort of entertaining you did in the past, either between the acting and the singing? Are you seeing parallels between that and the way you got to approach recording audiobooks? Absolutely. Especially the theater, reading lines, believably. <laughs> that whole aspect, I really try to pull from my background of what I know. Projecting my voice, of course, warming up my voice, those types of things are all... I have to do it in order to get a good recording. Do you feel like when you're starting, especially when you're reading narrative parts, I'm entering narrator voice right now. Or is it just, just get into mode and start reading? No, I don't really have a conscious switch in my brain that I'm doing narrator stuff. It's mostly like how relaxed can I be while I'm recording? Because that's the bulk of reading is the narrator's voice. So I try to make that as natural as possible so that I'm not stressing my voice out when I have a large conversation going back and forth, those get particularly hard on my vocals. So I drink lots of tea. I take lots of breaks. I definitely try to not record too much on those days. Have you gotten a sense that certain, I guess you could say certain ways of writing are much easier to record than other ways of writing? So you sort of said it like if there's a lot of back and forth conversation, are there other things like that? This makes either for more enjoyable recording, for easier recording versus so hard when X, Y, and Z happens. It's more about the tone of the author. If I can easily read it without stopping every two seconds to be like, I need to look up that word because it's in a different language. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or I need to look up that word because it is an Amish spelling or a Dutch spelling. <laughs> Those types of things that sort of take you out of the flow of the momentum. So I, I like it to all be words I know. That's all I can say. <laughs> Aside from words in a different language, have you come across English words that you're like, is that a word? And then you go look at up and you're like, oh my goodness. Oh my gosh, yes. Your book taught me so many new vocabulary <laughs> words. I was like, wow, I think I went my whole life without ever saying this word out loud. That is a total reader thing. One of my cousins makes fun of me that you learned that word from reading it because of the way you just said it. I didn't even know. I had it in one of my other audiobooks. The reader said a word and I'm like, what word is he saying? I didn't write that. And then I went to look at it. I'm like, oh my, I've never gotten this right before. The same word was in a different book. So I had to tell that other reader. 
by the way, I just learned this is how you pronounce it. Well, that's good. I'm glad that I'm not too late in the game because I was like, wow, I never knew how to pronounce these things. This is all new to me. <laughs> Part of it, it's funny because once you hear stuff out loud, even words that I'm familiar with, sometimes I'm like, is that how it's said? Let me go look that up. Is that really how we say these things? Also, you start second guessing weird stuff. What did you just read? That's a word. Oh yeah. Okay, fine. Now that you're doing the recording of audiobooks, have you become an audiobook fiend and like, you will not touch a book if it's not an audiobook? Or it's like, audiobooks is one part and we have to balance it with other things. In my day-to-day life, I prefer reading books like physically or on a tablet or my phone just because I'm generally carting kids to and from places and I don't really want them hearing everything that I pick up. So I don't listen to too many audiobooks. I do have quite a list of audiobooks logged, but they're mostly things that I would read in the bath or <laughs> listen to in the bath, not when I'm out and about with the kids. That makes sense. Well, this will be interesting to see where the next books take you or to be like, I read a horror and I hid in the closet all day. Actually, maybe we won't go in the closet before. Who knows? Yeah, I just auditioned for my first horror. I didn't get it, but I auditioned for it and I was like, holy crap, I don't know if I can even do this. I don't know that I'll ever try to write a horror, but if I did, I'd probably be under my desk the whole time. There's no way I wouldn't creep myself out. Horror is not for everyone. That's for sure. I've spoken to a few horror writers and one of them was laughing that you just say like comedy writers are very dark people, but horror writers are very nice people. So it's kind of like you're writing what's opposite of what your personality is. Sort of thing. Very interesting. Yeah, but when you think about it, there are big comedians yeah. who either be committed suicide or something like that, and that's coming from a place of darkness, not from a place of laughter. So it's yeah. If you're a comedian, what are you so sad about? Well, I guess you could say part of like their cynical observation comes out then in good comedy or something. It's like a weird sort of I balance. Think so. Yeah. So who knows? Maybe I'm not nice enough to write horror. Maybe I need darker for writing comedy. Anyways. Well, okay. Well, so here's one more thing. Yeah, you're saying that you're that you're willing to audition for any sort of book or like you're trying out different stuff. As a reader, do you also just pick up whatever or do you have your particular genres that you gravitate toward? I kind of gravitate to everything, a little bit of everything. I like YA stuff. I reread Harry Potter to my kids all the time. I'm just sort of open. I've been reading a lot of memoirs from comedians or past actors. I haven't started the Jenna Janine McCurdy one. I'm glad my mother died. That's the one that's on my top of my list. But I did finish Laura Cleary's memoir, Idiots. That's her second one, which was great. I loved it so much. These titles are just getting better and better. It's gonna be interesting if you're gonna start recording the mystery of the thrillers or the horrors even. If you'll start gravitating towards those, if it'll just be like, this is the rest of the way that you expand your reading is some through the reading the the audiobooks or some through just the reading like for your own reading yeah so mostly I try to audition for things that I want to read because I don't necessarily carve a lot of time out for myself. So now I know what I'm interested in a lot more. So I will audition for many different genres, but I really have to make sure that I like the writing and I have to make sure that it is gripping in a way like your book. How's that thing? When you get an audition, it's usually just a couple paragraphs or something. So you already get a sense then of, okay, it seems like this author knows what they're doing and I just hope it all turns out well. Or sometimes you read a couple paragraphs and you're like, was this even English? what I just read. Um, yeah, there's some where I can't get through the audition paragraph pre-reading it and reading it in my mind will not make sense when I record it. So I just have to pass on those and I have to just think something better is out there for me. Yeah. Even if you'll give a number now, it's probably a number that could change a lot. But would you say that you've done three books so far? Is that 50 auditions? Was that 100 auditions? 10 auditions? 
So that was 30 auditions. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And from what I hear on the voice acting community, that is a pretty good return. I know plenty of people have posted on those sorts of community forums that say, I've gone on 55. I haven't booked a single thing. What am I doing wrong? And I feel very fortunate that my voice got picked. Because even you're doing a recording that's, what, two, three minutes. So that could be 10 minutes of your time. But also you have to look for yeah. it to begin with. So you could end up just getting caught in a rabbit hole probably. Absolutely. Never thought of it like that. It makes sense. Even for an author to get something published, if you're not self-publishing, you could go to hundreds of rejections before someone picks you up. So writing is personal, but I guess the voice thing is personal also because like, what? You don't like my voice? How come you don't like my voice? This is my voice. Luckily, no one has ever said, oh my gosh, I hate your voice. Please stop. I have had a lot of authors say, thank you for auditioning personally and your voice is great. Keep at it. I just didn't pick you for this role. That's really encouraging for me because when I hear that, I'm like, okay, I should keep going at this. I like it. So I'm happy to keep going. When you set up the audition of like, hey, this is what I'm looking for. The categories, they're kind of generic. You could put in an accent if you want a specific accent. Looking for an Irish voice or whatever. But that's still a very broad category. Looking for a young sounding female voice. There's like a thousand options for that. And sometimes you kind of only know what you're looking for when you hear it. And you're like, oh yeah, that's that's what it needs. From the other side, if you're going to audition for it, you're probably hearing it a certain way in your head. And then the author's hearing it a different way in their head. <laughs> and you hope it's the same way Absolutely. that you guys are hearing it. When I'm searching for auditions, titles to audition, for, I have taken off the female voice restriction for my filter because otherwise I'm getting like only girl roles. And some of those auditions that I've done are for gender neutral roles or feminine roles instead of female. <laughs> so I just had to like really open my mind and open my search. What? They, what? Why, would, yeah. why does that make sense? Why would they separate so, feminine and female? You could just... What? There are lots of like non-binary or gender neutral, all of those different categories. And I was restricting my search to just female. And I was like, oh gosh, I need to stop that because there are plenty of books out there that don't really care what you sound like as long as you can read. Yeah, it's funny that clicking female wouldn't also include gender neutral wouldn't automatically feed into that because it could be female. Oh, I know. Yes, that was part of the frustration or I guess the learning curve of doing the job. But if anyone's listening and they want to do audiobooks, that's good to know. Learn to expand your search. I'm like, you're not just going to click all though, or you do kind of just click all and just see what's out there or... Yeah, I click through all of them and sometimes they specifically ask for male masculine and I don't audition for those generally. So that's about it. Through ACX, does it always seem like there's hundreds of new auditions on or how frequently are you going to look? At least five days a week. I do it while my kids are in school and my youngest one's napping. And so I check Monday through Friday, sometimes on the weekends and things pop up randomly. Even in the two hours that I've been working, there are new titles that are coming on right now. So it's constantly ebbing and flowing. Huh. I only know how it works on my end. No new titles need to pop up for me because I'm the one setting up the audition. I don't know what it looks like on the other. I'm like, obviously we're going through different portals. So I only know what it looks like on my side when a new audition or something comes in. Because sometimes you do get an audition where it's, did you read what I was looking for? And then sometimes you're like, oh, I could see. It depends if that voice was just the right fit. Because, of course, there's a range of what could work. I don't know if that's someone who's just clicking all and just like, I'll submit to everything and then I'll get something. Maybe those are the people. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. How many auditions did you get? Uh, for this one, uh, I don't know. 
I think the most I ever got was somewhere between like 30 and 40 or something. Wow. I had a Cinderella retelling. So I think there's something about like the fairy tale retelling that people really were drawn to. I had one book that was the Beauty and the Beast retelling toward the end of 2020. So a lot of theater people, acting people were kind of looking for their outlet and kind of looking for something Mm -hmm. for themselves. So the first person who submitted, his name is Chuck Wagner. He played the Beast on Broadway at some point. So I guess he was like, oh, "Oh, I'll try out this audiobook thing. That was his first one. And he was my first audition. And as soon as you hear it, you're like, there's not even a point in listening to anybody else. (laughs) I like this man is fantastic. You could tell what a professional he is in working with him of the way he just had it all down. You almost felt sometimes like I wanted to just stand up and be applauding because it just fit him so perfectly to be, I was like, yeah, if I didn't know you were cast as the Beast on Broadway, like I would have cast you as the Beast. That's amazing. So that one was one audition. As soon as you hear that, you're like, bye, auditions are over. (laughs) Right. Silhouette's one, this one ended up being up for a while. So I don't know if it was also the timing of when I put it up. A lot of things were starting to open back up again. I don't know if people were moving away from audiobooks then that they were like, oh, okay, now stages are back up again. I don't need the outlet. So there were a little bit less. I don't know what the number people auditioning as a general thing looks like. So I was getting kind of random submissions. I got it over a couple of months and it was just like, nah, this isn't it, this isn't it. So I, I kept it up there. I was like, I don't know. I hope eventually I'll hit it. And then I got your submission and I was like, ding, ding, ding. We win. <laughs> like I said, like that Cinderella one got the most from all of them so far. I don't know what it was about it over the other fairy tale ones because it's, it's a five book series. And I don't know, maybe there's something about Cinderella that people just really like Cinderella or something. I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Was it the timing or something? I have no idea. And then it was so crazy because the first person that I signed with she like disappeared on me and then the second person I signed with disappeared on me and the third one Nicole James is the one who actually did it and it was just thank you for, for finishing this but you have these 40 voices and you finally pick someone and then where'd you go oh no that's terrible yeah Nicole James is the one who was always meant to be because she's the one who did it and it's great so ta-da here we are yay <laughs> well yeah on that happy note we always wrap up but this could be an off the cuff answer or a soapbox answer of I really like it when and you could use anything storytelling related for this it could be something professionally or just personally of I really like it when writers editors publishers books covers series stories whatever audiobooks whatever do x and I really don't like x how would you fill in the blank Okay, I'll keep it topical to books. I really like it when authors use language expressively, not like flowery language, but I love reading alliterations and I love the vocabulary. If there's a good, diverse chunk of vocabulary used, you're a good author. I really hate it when my mic isn't plugged in and I record for (laughs) 20 minutes and I just lose all of the acting that I did. That is Technical issues, oh man, they've really thrown me for a curve and it's sometimes like I have to just not record that day because I'm too frustrated. (laughs) Yeah. Just going back for a second, when you say expressive language and vocabulary, it sounds like you're just talking about using a variety of language, I guess you could say. Yes. Use a thesaurus. I love that. Even if it sounds like a very academic term, it's fine as long as it's just different terms are being used. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. I just want to hear some variety of language. I don't want to have to read the same. I couldn't believe over and over and over again. He said, he said, he said over and over and over again. Those types of things. I just, it's a pet peeve. I guess also once you're sitting and reading it out loud, it's just like, didn't I just say this? Didn't I just say this? Didn't I just say this? Yes. It's like Groundhog's 
stay. Uh, and then expressive language, would you say that's kind of the same as active language or just also yeah. different terms for yeah. emotional states? It's all about the adjectives, painting a good picture, those types of like the cliffs that you describe in your book. That was beautiful. I could see it in my mind and I appreciate that. Yay! I sort of said it in a place that I know, but I also mixed it with another place that I know, which is why like there's no specific name to anything, but I guess that's how it ended up being specific anyways in the description. Yay! Yeah, it worked. Oh, all right. It's funny. They tell authors to read out loud what they're writing and that way you'll really know if it fits or stuff like that. But sometimes it just feels silly. Start reading it aloud, you're like, who writes this stuff? It sounded so much better when I didn't verbalize it. But with that said, we are very grateful and very excited that we have somebody else to read for us. Very blessed that I get to have Anna Jacobson read Silhouettes. So everybody check it out. You can get it in all the forms now. There's gonna be an audiobook coming out now. There's already ebook. There's paperback. Get the whole set. Very exciting. Please do. Anna, it's been a pleasure to speak with you and I'm so glad we got to speak. Thank you for everything. Well, thank you. This was a bonus episode of Oh My Word podcast featuring voice actor Anna Jacobson. To find out more about Anna and her work, please check out the link in the episode notes. To find out more about Oh My Word Podcast and to keep track of all the great stuff we're up to, please follow us on Instagram at Oh My Word Podcast or check us out at eltenenbaum.com. Music is by Tim Burke. Thank you so much for joining us. Catch you next time.